Awesome. How are you guys this morning? Good. Well, we have some uh, visitors that are joining us. I'd like to welcome Mike and Janelle Hernandez up uh, from Olathe, Kansas. I I always want to say Olathe. So come on up. Uh, So just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then Mike's going to preach to us and give us a good word from God. Awesome. Well, amen. Good morning, City Church. It is an honor to be here this morning. I am Mike. This is my wife, Janelle, and we are just so excited to be here. We are from Kansas City. I am the pastoral care pastor at Church of the Harvest under Pastor David and Tracy Freck. We are just honored uh, to be here this morning that they've released us to come and preach, and we are excited because I believe God's got a word for City Church. So I'm going to let my wife share a little bit. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to come and minister to you guys, and you guys have blessed us Amen. so much. What a, Amen. That was an amazing, yep. amazing time in worship. Thank you so much for that. We have, uh, we have four kids. Um, they're rage, raging of age from 26 down to 19. Oh, he's almost 20, I guess. So they're all kind of out of the house and on their own now. And um, I don't know what else you want me to share. Sure. I know, we're excited. We've been praying for you guys, and we're mm-hmm. just so excited to be here today. Yeah, amen. Thank you. And I do believe our kids are watching, so hi, kids. Just want to say hi to you. So, yeah, as we were uh, worshiping, um, hmm. my daughter just put out the post. Uh, we have a group, Me for Our Family, and the daughter just shared the, the, the link so all our kids could watch it. It just touched me. So, anyways, thank you, Elisa, and just thanks for this great family. So, um, we're so excited to be here. I want to honor Pastor Steve. For, for coming and spending the weekend here. We just appreciate you coming and uh, being part. Taking us to dinner last night. And, and if you ever get a chance to spend some time with Pastor Steve, I'd encourage you to do that. You will get a download from heaven, right? <laughs> and of course, Jeff and Sarah, what an amazing, amazing couple you are. And just thank you. Great hospitality, great hosts, and just a great uh, heart for the church. And just wanted to say thank you for all of you've done for us this weekend and hosting and hospitality, taking time away from your girls who are precious and, and amazing and still balancing both, which is not an easy thing to do. So thank you for being with it. All right, well, let's pray. Lord, I ask right now for you to come and just fill this place with your presence. Lord, we need you. Lord, I ask right now that this is not with wise and persuasive words, but the demonstration of your power, that you just come right now and have your way, settle in this place. Lord, we need you. I pray for open hearts and open minds to hear your word for your church. Lord, we are just your vessel. Lord, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is your word and your oracle for City Church this morning. I pray right now for just a great impartation into into this body in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, um, so excited to be here. And uh, when, when we had our initial interview, at the end of the interview, Nancy said this, and she doesn't remember saying this, but what she said was, I feel like we just entered into our promised land, but there are giants there we have to face. And it was at that moment the Lord just put a word for this church that I believe that City Church is entering into its promised land. You are entering into your promised land. But there are giants there. And there are enemies there. 
And this morning, we are going to talk about the, what I'm calling the enemies of the promised land. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. He lists here seven enemies that we all must face as we enter our promised land. This morning, we're going to go over these enemies one by one. And uh, I want to just, we're not, I didn't put this verse out there, but Exodus 34, verse 12, he just lists these enemies again. And then, and then he says this, take care lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. So what Moses is telling Joshua and Moses is telling the people is that we are not to make friends with these enemies. He is saying they will be a snare, a snare in our midst if we let them. In other words, we are to tear down the altars and break the pillars of these enemies. And we are supposed to deal ruthlessly with these enemies. If we don't, we risk making a covenant with them, becoming friends with them, or at the minimum, coexisting with them. Brothers and sisters, we cannot coexist with these enemies. We are to drive them out. And he wants us to overcome these enemies. So these enemies, see, he lists seven names. And how many of you know that names have significance? And these names, when you look at the names in the Hebrew, there's either, they either mean something or there's a root that means something that represents something that we face today. So let's start one by one going through these enemies. The first one is the Canaanites. And Canaanites literally means merchants. So we're going to call this the enemy of resource. As a church, have you faced the enemy of resource? Resource, time, people, finances, three main areas of resource that, that we'll face as a church. People. Do we have enough volunteers here? I think we, I th I think we could use more. <laughs> right? We have limited volunteers. Maybe not everybody placed where they are gifted. Sometimes in a church, you just grab a body and you put it there, right? Because you need roles filled. But God says we can overcome this enemy, right? Maybe we're missing specific gifts. Most churches, and I know that doesn't apply here, but most churches, you know, probably fall under that 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I'm, th I'm thankful in talking, to, in talking to Jeff and Sarah that City Church has a... a 50 to 75% of people serving and volunteering. What you guys have done with this building is amazing. It's amazing what you've done. All hands on deck to, to put, get this building ready. Phenomenal. Well done, church. Well done. But the church is not a spectator sport. Jesus came to serve, not be served. 
And I believe God wants all of us to serve. So I'm excited and encouraged that, that you guys are at such a high level of participation in serving, but I believe God even wants to raise that level of, of serving. Uh, finances. You may not have a limited budget, so you have to make good decisions and think ahead and plan ahead and prioritize. As a church, you must stay within your budget. You may not get to buy all that you want, may not have the newest and shiniest stuff. And I'm sure if we asked each ministry leader what they would like, they would have a wish list. So there's a, a limit of resource. There's a limit on when it comes to finances. And then finally, time, where we have to prioritize where you spend your time. Who wouldn't love to do everything, to minister to the poor, to send out missionaries, to have multiple Bible studies, worship nights, youth parties, etc. But you need to know your purpose and prioritize your time in accordance to your mission. So what is the mission of City Church? It's to know God. It's to find freedom. It's to discover your purpose. And it's to make a difference. So let's say this together. Is it behind me? Okay, perfect. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. And make a difference. This is the mission of City Church. To know God. To find freedom to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. That means every dollar spent, every minute, every resource should fall under this mission. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. Make a difference. And, and, and what's great about this mission is it doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey. Whether you don't know God yet, where you're a new Christian or you've walked with God for 50 years, this mission applies to you. And so this, everything we do has to be under this mission. And so for every enemy we talk about, I'm just going to give you a quick verse or a quick couple of verses on God's response to this enemy. And so for, for the enemy of the Canaanites, the enemy of resource, Philippians 4.19, and it says this, and my God, will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God will supply every need. Now notice it says need. It doesn't say want. It says need. And he will supply every need. City Church, God is going to supply every need that you have. All right. The next enemy, the next enemy are the Hittites. And the Hittites means terror. So we're going to call this the enemy of fear. Fear. This is a big one. Fear. Fear. And it's fear of so many things. So let's talk about fear. The first part of fear is the fear of culture. The culture is screaming against righteousness and sin. The culture wants to define what is good. Brothers and sisters, only the Bible, only the Bible defines what is good. 
only the Bible. This is our source. We don't deviate from it. This is what defines sin. And we can't let the culture tell us what sin is. The Bible tells us what sin is. And we need to stand for righteousness. We need to stand for God. We need to stand for what he stands for. And the culture is screaming against it. And how many of you figured out that the enemy is a big bully? He wants to come and intimidate us. But we need to take our authority and push back. We need to overcome fear. Fear of failure. Sometimes we can be so afraid to fail that we won't even try. If God wants you to start a ministry or an outreach, go for it. If God wants you to volunteer in children's ministry or host a youth, go for it. Don't be afraid to fail. Let me ask you something. Would you rather be a dry disciple in the boat or a wet disciple in the boat who actually walked on water? We can't be afraid to fail. If, we, if we're afraid to fail, we'll never step out in faith. If you have the assurance you won't fail, then maybe it isn't faith. Maybe you're not stretching. Faith is when you walk off the lead and God, if you don't meet me, I'm falling. That's the faith we need. That if God doesn't move, we're doomed. Fear of making a decision. Let's be honest. We will all make bad decisions. Anybody here ever make a bad decision? About half the room. That's actually pretty good. We can't be afraid to make a, make a decision. God's grace is sufficient to cover us. But if you're afraid to make the wrong decision, you will not make any decision. And sometimes not making a decision is making a decision. But it's probably the wrong decision. The opportunity of a lifetime only lasts as long as the lifetime of the opportunity. That was deep, wasn't it? <laughs> the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts as long as the lifetime of the opportunity. Fear of rejection. I can't share the gospel. They might reject me. They may not like me anymore. We are called to love others. And the risk of love is that it can be rejected. After all, that's what God showed us. He showed us his love and he's given us free choice and we can reject it. Fear of reputation. I love that Jesus wasn't afraid of his reputation. He ministered to people that society and religious folk looked down upon. He loved the woman at the well. He loved the woman who was caught in adultery. He loved blind Bartimaeus who called out for mercy. Jesus was more concerned for the lives and souls of others than of his reputation. City Church should be a place where all are welcome, no matter their junk. We're all jacked up. We all need Jesus. City Church should be a place where people find freedom. Oh, by the way, that's part of your mission. 
find freedom, help people find freedom. Fear of success. How many know that's a real thing? Fear of success. See, there's a real value of being a church this size. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody has relationship and contact with the pastor. But then as you grow, relationships start to shift and change. Roles start to shift and change. There's something called growing pains that you will face. And so fear of success could make you, we just want to stay where we are. But brothers and sisters, that's not what God has called you to. God has called City Church to impact Albuquerque and to impact this region. And I'm going to just declare something to you right now. This is as small as you'll ever be. This is as small as you will ever be. God has a plan and a purpose. Pastor Steve didn't give his life for this church for it to just coast and go and stay stable. Jeff and Sarah haven't carried it for the last several, years, several months so it could just stay stable. God is setting you up for increase and impact. We can't be afraid of success. We need to overcome our fear. 2 Timothy 1 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We need a faith perspective. Those giants are big, but our God is bigger. We are not grasshoppers. I'm going to say that again. We are not grasshoppers. Faith helps us overcome fear. All right. Our next enemy, the Hivites. And the Hivites literally means villager. And so we kind of say villager. If you're in a village, you stay in one place. So we're going to call this the enemy of stagnation or unwillingness to grow or move. Stagnation. No vision. Where is the church going and who is going to lead you? City church must be ready to move. And I believe you are. I look at this new building and know that God didn't bring you here to stay stagnant. There is so much potential in this building. There's so much opportunity in this place right here. Do you know what one of the limiters to church growth is? And this is going to sound really silly. Parking. Seriously, at, at our church in Kansas City, we have an, an independence, a campus in Independence, Missouri, and their limiting right now is parking. They are parking on the grass. They are parking in the neighbor's house. Who knows where they're parking? They're just, they're just parking everywhere. And it's like a limiting factor. Guess what we have at this? We have a huge parking lot. Can you see it full of cars? Can you see it full of people coming to find Jesus? I love the parking lot. Can you see opportunities there to minister to the neighborhood? Vision. God didn't bring us here to be stagnant. You are ready to explode. Are you a risk taker or very cautious? I will tell you, I am cautious by nature. <clears throat> but through God, when God says it, man, bank on it. 
you could take it to the bank, right? In 2010, very clearly, the Lord told me I, I was bivocational for, for 15 years, knowing I was called in the full-time ministry. In 2010, I was working in human resources at a bank. And the Lord just said, it's time to quit your job and it's time to pursue full-time ministry. So how many of you like to make that call to your wife? Uh, honey, I think I just quit my job. But God spoke it, so we did it. And God was faithful to that. When God says it, you can take it to the bank. You can be confident in it. And I've learned that I would rather move, grow, and fail than stay safe and stay put. Stagnation stinketh. And then are you comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yeah, I heard the groan in that one. Oh. Oh. But if City Church is going to go where God wants it to go, you will have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because God's going to get you out of your comfort zone. God's going to ask you to do things that you may not want to do. But he is in it. And you're going to experience God and God's going to reveal himself in new ways that you would never get it otherwise. Obedience is the key. Follow the Lord and just know that City Church will experience growing pains. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to be uncomfortable. But City Church is not meant to be stagnant. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Amen. All right. The next one, the next enemy we have to face is parasites. No, not parasites, <laughs> but parasites, which literally means unwalled or open country. And we're going to call this lack of discipline. Proverbs 25, 28 talks about a city without walls, like a man who does not have self-control. Self-control or lack of discipline. City church, you need to obey the Lord. Hear what God is saying and obey what God says for the church versus doing the latest church fad or chase what other churches are doing. The temptation is to try what works at other churches. It may work here. It may not work here. But my encouragement is hear God. Find what the Lord says for this church. We need to be disciplined to trust the vision of this church and that God is leading City Church. We need to be disciplined with resources. We have to be disciplined with time, finances, and people. And what I've, what I've seen is that's what this church has done. The church has been disciplined in, 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 in the resource of what we have with the sale of the old building and coming into this building. The temptation is to spend all the money, and this church has done a very good job of stewarding and planning and preparing. And the, the temptation would be to, to, to use it all and make it as great as we can in the moment. But I'm thankful that there's foresight into thinking ahead into what the church needs, not just now, but going forward. And then we learn to say no. Anybody here have a problem with saying no? So some of you do, and you didn't even raise your hand because you're saying no. 
well done, you said no. But have you realized that every good idea is not a God idea? Or that there are two parts to the word of the Lord? The actual content of the word and then the timing of God? So many times we can get the content right, but we get the timing wrong. Think about Moses. He knew he was going to be the deliverer. At 45, he kills an Egyptian and he expects all of Israel to follow after him. And guess what? They didn't. And he had to run and flee for his life. He had the right word. He's going to deliver the people. He had the wrong timing. So we need to learn to say no. We need to let God drive us and walk in obedience to what God is saying. We need to have self-control and discipline in this area. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we, an imperishable, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. As a church, we need to exercise self-control because people are watching. People are watching how we act. People are, act, are watching us on the workplace. Our neighbors are watching. Our family members are watching. Are we representing Christ in all that we say and all that we do? The next enemy, this is okay, we're going through this? We're good? All right, the next enemy are the Girgashites. And the Girgashites literally means dwellers in clay. Well, clay is fragile, right? So we look at this as instability or double-minded. How does this affect the church? How is this an enemy of the church? Well, an unstable foundation. I am thankful that here at City Church, there is a firm foundation. Pastor Steve and Barbara have given their heart and soul to laying this foundation. Pastor Matt, Jeff and Sarah have done everything to keep that foundation going. And there is a strong foundation in city church. That being said, we still got to be careful. We can be easily swayed by circumstances or easily swayed by others. Again, the culture, other churches shouldn't dictate how this church operates. The spirit of God dictates how this church operates. And we need to have a deep conviction to trust in God and the leadership of the church to move City Church forward. Double-mindedness will always cause you to hesitate and will definitely cause you to be unstable. We need to be like the buffalo, who when a storm comes, the buffalo turns and faces the storm and walks into the storm. The cows, they walk away from the storm or try to outrun the storm. Doesn't typically work. But if we're like the buffalo where we face our enemy and we move forward in the faith and the trust of God, we will overcome it. Storms are coming. Giants are ahead. But a firm foundation built on God's word 
and empowered by the Holy Spirit will help us face our giants, not run from them. God will help us not just survive the battle. How many times it's like, I just got to survive the battle. That is not what God wants. God wants us to overcome. God wants us to be the victor, not just survive. God will help us survive and we will find peace and victory in the midst of it. And we can't be unstable uh, and we can't be uh, double-minded when it comes to our values. What are your convictions? What are your core values? What are the non-negotiables for you? For City Church, here are your values. Prayer, the presence of God, the word of God, the supernatural, servant leadership, and community. These are your values. These are your non-negotiables. You'd never deviate from these core values. The church will stand on these core values. Prayer, presence of God, the word of God, the supernatural, servant leadership, and community. James 1 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The Amorites are our next enemy. The Amorites, and this word means mountaineer. From the root meaning to say, to boast, or to challenge. This is the enemy of pride. And how does that affect the church? Well, it's really simple. Our focus needs to be to build the kingdom of God. Our job is to build God's kingdom. If we do that, God will build his church. When we start focusing on building city church for our sake and not for his sake, we are entering into pride. When we start building the church in our own strength, when we do things our way instead of God's way, when we forget about discipleship, discipleship is God's idea. Discipleship takes time. But when we look for instant results, when we start looking for, for, for gifts instead of character, when we start getting ahead and, and not trusting the process, we start taking things into our own hands. Discipleship is God's plan, but it takes time. Growth is not instant. When we start thinking we are better than other churches, that church is dealing with this problem, and though that church is dealing with these issues, and our churches, that church is declining, but we're growing. And all of a sudden, we start taking credit for something that, that God's doing, not us. God's the one who grows. We can't take credit for something God is doing. And then finally, competition with other churches. City church should not be in competition with other churches. We want every Bible-believing church in Albuquerque filled on Sunday mornings. 
You need to get this in your spirit. We're not in competition. We are all on the same team. We don't have enough churches in Albuquerque to reach and disciple everybody that lives here. So we should celebrate when other churches are growing, when they're reaching people. We, we are not in competition with them. We want God to bless them as God blesses us because we're about building the kingdom of God. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And then finally, the last enemy, number seven. Whew, I know how many of you guys are tired. I'm tired already just talking about it. The Jebusites. And the Jebusites literally means treading down. And this is the enemy of discouragement. Man, this is real. Discouragement. Man, COVID did a number on, on us, on mental health. And discouragement, this is part of that. And discouragement as a church can play out in so many different ways. One way is not seeing results. We want to see results, but let me remind you that God isn't impressed with results. He is pleased with faith. Hear this. He's pleased with faith. When you feel led to go pray for somebody, go pray for them. Don't focus on the result. God's job is to answer the prayer, not our job to make it happen. Sometimes we'll pray for somebody and it doesn't happen and we'll get like all discouraged. But let me tell you something. God is pleased with you when you walk in faith. God will take care of the results. Our job is to walk in faith. Discipleship takes time. But we're an instant society and we want instant results. The book of Acts didn't happen in one day. It happened over 30 years. But when you read it, you just say, I go from page to page and chapter to chapter. You think of like, man, God is doing all this stuff in, in, like, in like two weeks. 30 years, over 30 years, the book of Acts. We can't get discouraged when we don't see instant results. Discipleship takes time. But man, when you disciple somebody and they get it, Man, it changes not just them, but it changes the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. It takes time, but man, those roots go deep when you take the time and help disciple people. Uh, discouragement can happen when you're not getting appreciation from others. As you serve here, you may feel like you're going unnoticed. But I promise you, God sees it. And God sees you. And remember, you're serving unto the Lord. Not for man. You're serving unto the Lord. You're overwhelmed by workload. I have worked in the church for many years. And I've realized this simple fact. You're never caught up. Anybody feel that in your job? Maybe in your house, never caught up. 
And I remember, I remember in my first year of employment, uh, I was working for, uh, I was working for Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company in West Des Moines, Iowa. And the, my manager was a type A hard charging Vietnam vet. He was, he was a hard charging guy. And I remember one night, our oldest daughter was probably three months old and I'm working about 6.30, 7 o'clock at night and I'm there working on something for him. And he comes behind me and he looks at my screen. So he looks at what I'm working on and he just said these words and it changed my life. He says, you know, it will be here tomorrow. And he turned around and he walked out. And in that, I learned and recognized that sometimes it'll be there tomorrow. That workload, yeah, it's there, but it, it can wait till tomorrow. I need to go home and enjoy my family. I need to go home and, and there's other things going on in life. The workload is, is big and it never goes away. So we got to find balance. We got to live by priorities. Our first ministry is to the Lord. That never changes. Our first ministry is to the Lord. Our second ministry is to our spouse. Our third ministry is to our children. After that is when church or other things happen. We get those priorities out of whack. There's consequences to it. First ministry is to the Lord. And then finally, watching other churches succeed and you feel stuck in place. Again, we covered this. We're not to compare ourselves with others. When we compare with others, we will always find people or churches that we're doing better than. And we'll always find people or churches that we're doing less than. Comparison never works. We just need to trust the Lord and trust God's plan for City Church. Deuteronomy 31, 7 through 8 says this. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I'm going to say it again. Your relationship with God is key in helping you overcome these enemies. Knowing your identity, knowing your calling are instrumental in helping you defeat these enemies. Being in the word, personal times of prayer and worship, feed your ability to walk in victory. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on out. And I want to close with these verses because I believe these verses are for City Church. Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 10 says this. For the Lord your God is bringing you, City Church, into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you, City Church, will eat bread without scarcity, in which you, City Church, will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And City Church, you shall eat and be full, 
And you, City Church, shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Amen? Amen. City Church, you are entering into your promised land. There are giants to be defeated, but God is with you. Let's overcome these giants because we're declaring it right now. The best days of City Church are ahead of you, not behind you. Let me say that again. The best days of City Church are ahead of you, not behind you. Ahead of you, not behind you. City Church's purpose is not called to just reach this generation, but the next generation and the next generation. We sang about it today, about the blessings of God go from generation to generation. We need to have a bigger vision than just us. We need to have a bigger vision than just this community right now. We got to see that God is building something, not just for the now, but for the next generation. And for the next generation, building a church where you see your grandchildren going to. And you see them growing up. And then the next generation, the best days are still ahead of you. So as we're closing, I just, I just really felt led of the Lord in prayer this morning. And then the prayer team uh, co just com uh, co confirmed it. I'm going to ask us all to stand. And what you, City Church, have done over the last six months is amazing. What you have done in getting this building ready and prepared is amazing. But I also know there's just a sense of weariness in you. There's a sense of weariness. And I just believe God wants to come in and refresh you. So if you're weary right now, I just ask you to lift your hand. If you're weary, you've been working, you've been laying it out, you've been here at night, you've been here. Sometimes nobody knows what you've been doing. But if you're weary, just raise your hands. Holy Spirit, you see these hands. I pray right now for just a, a time of refreshing on each and every hand raised. Holy Spirit, you could do in a moment what thousands of hours of rest could never do. Holy Spirit, touch them, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill them, Lord. Blow on them, Holy Spirit. Refresh their minds. Blow away the weariness. Blow away the aches. Blow away the tiredness. The, 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 the I can't go anymore, Lord. I pray right now that you come fill them with hope. Fill them with your vision, with the mind on you. Lord, I pray right now that you touch them and that the weariness will be released in the name of Jesus. Touch them now, Lord. Refresh them now, Lord. Let them walk away from here encouraged about where you're going and where you're taking them. Lord, we need you. Lord, we can't do this without you. Touch them now in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we've been praying, I just want to say something to you too. As we prayed for you guys, the Lord just wants you to know, well done, good and faithful servants. Well done. I'm not going to say enter into your rest. But well done. 
Nobody has seen it, but God has. And you did it unto the Lord, and he is pleased with you too. The sacrifices. Oh, by the way, you have a full-time job, right? By the way, you have a daughter who's a senior, right? And, and two other girls who are very busy. And yet somehow you found a way to keep God first and to balance multiple things and to lead this church here. And I'm just speaking that you guys are about to enter into a season of rest. And God's going to refresh you. And you're going to feel it again. You're going to feel the life, the joy, the love, the excitement. I mean, you guys haven't lost it, but it's going to be reinvigorated. So would you guys just stretch your hands towards Jeff and Sarah? And I'm going to ask Pastor Steve if you'll just come and pray over them. Father, for God, that you go before us and behind us. You fill us. You empower us. Lord, thank you that Jeff and Sarah have stepped into leading. And um, God, they have this sense of your mantle that's rested upon them. And God, I just pray for them and their family, the girls, and, um, and fill them. Fill him with your spirit. God, fill him with your grace. God, fill him with your power. God, fill him with your joy. And God, fill him with your wisdom. Lord, just over this church, we shout great grace upon this house the abilities of God will rise up and lead them into the future. In Jesus' name.